All right, we're just going to jump right into it right now. I'm Paul Oren, host of Union Street Hoops, and alongside me right now is Valparaiso Associate Head Coach Luke Gore, and this non-conference schedule came out. Everyone's got opinions. You're you're the guy, right, that kind of helps put this together. Is it, it's, do you do it? Is it a team effort? Kind of like you've been, you've been doing this for a long time, right? Uh, correct, Paul. But as you know, every time you ask me a question about anything, I'm going to say it's a team effort. <laughs> sure, so sure. It is a team effort. Um, we all have job responsibilities um, in in part of the team, and one of mine is scheduling, um, and I've been doing it since Scott Drew was a head coach here. So as one of my primary focuses, but it is a team effort. We all have to work together to get it done, all the way from me to Coach Lodick to the other assistants to Mark LaBarber to the administration. Uh, we all have to work together to get, get it done. True or false, scheduling is more difficult in 2019 than it was in 2003 when you started this? Uh, it's the same. It's, okay. it's Scheduling is hard. And, and there's different. it's different every year. It's much different now than it was, but we're in a much different league. So you have different different deals. I mean, as a, a team in, a, in the mid-con back in the day, you're trying to do one thing, and you knew you had the conference scheduled to – after that, and then now in the Missouri Valley, you're trying to do something else. So each of them pr- propose different um, challenges or obstacles or opportunities to get better. I think it's fair to say, before we get into the 2019-20 season, that in the days of the Midcon, and even maybe kind of in the days of the Horizon League, you could look at the conference schedule and say there's two wins here, there's three wins here. I You cannot do that in the Missouri Valley Conference. I just I don't think it can be done. So I'd imagine that in a way... That changes things a little bit, right? Uh, Missouri Valley, there is uh, there is no easy wins. I'll say that. Um, I'm not going to say there is easy wins in any league, but we'll talk about the Missouri Valley and where we're at, and that's what makes the Missouri Valley so great. Um, is you cannot go into the a lower team that's going to finish in the bottom third and win that game on the road easily. Um, not any of the teams will. The first place team won't. Um, so. It is a challenge. Um, that's we love it. It's a great thing to challenge our guys and challenge us as a staff and as a as a program and university to get where we can compete and win consistently in this league is just going to make this university better. So let's let's look at this year's schedule. Uh, first of all, when does the work start on the schedule? And I, I ask this because, like Major League Baseball, the season is still going on right now, and they just released their schedule for next year already. But it's different because they own all their buildings, blah, blah, blah. But, like, when does the start of I'm paying attention to the 2019-20 schedule, when do you start working on that? Uh, 2003. <laughs> no. Um, you know, it's, 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 you're always, so in scheduling, you do home and homes. You can do uh, two-year deals. You can sign up for MTEs that are two and three years down the road. So it's just you're trying to get it done as quick as possible with the right games to fit what you're trying to do as what the league's trying to do, what you're trying to do, what the administration is trying to do, and that changes. Uh, this year it changed. It was more of a moving target than ever in my uh, eight, however long I've been here, a long time, 17-plus years. College um, football schedules out games 10 years in advance. I mean, Wisconsin and Notre Dame are going to play each other like a couple of years from now. We've known about this for years. It doesn't really seem it's like that in college basketball quite a bit. No, and it's a big deal is um, in college football, you only schedule two games. Right. So, you know, and Notre Dame has to schedule a lot more, so they have to be advanced and, and they have to meet their rivalries and all that good stuff. 
Um, but in college basketball, you schedule 13 games. And you do an MTE that's different every year. And it could be a three-game MTE. It could be a four-game MTE. Uh, they're going to change that ruling, it seems like, in the next couple of years to where it's a different thing. So if you just scheduled an MTE four years ago, for six years from then, uh, you wouldn't be able to play it because they you, changed the can rules. Can you can, MTE? What, uh, I know it's the tournament, but what is MTE? A tournament exemption. Okay. So um, how it works now is you can schedule 29 games or you can schedule uh, 27 plus one MTE. So an MTE can be a two-game tournament, three-game tournament, four-game tournament, round robin. Um, and so that's where most teams will ha- play those 27 plus one, which gets them to 31 games. And everybody wants to try to play as many games as possible, one, to have as many opportunities to play, and two, to have as many home games as you can possibly have. So uh, I'm going to ask a big question first. How much does Vanderbilt and George Washington buying out just give you a migraine headache, right? Like with trying to put together this schedule. Oh, it, it, I don't get migraine headaches. <laughs> it's silly. Uh, it's it's just part of the job. I mean, it's just part of what I love to do. Come to the office every day. It it puts some hurdles in the in, in the process to finish it up. Um, when you have a marquee team like Vanderbilt coming in, and then you can fill it around with just good solid teams, and we'd already filled it around with Toledo, um, which you you're going to get into, and like. And then we have George Washington, like, we're rocking it. We got a, uh, a the one of the best MAC teams. We have SEC, and we have a, uh, A-10 team coming in. Um, we thought we were doing pretty good. Um, it changed. So what do you do? You just you pivot, and you do the best you can and put together a schedule that fits the, the school and the program. Mark LaBarber was on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he talked about how the net has changed a lot. It's changed the way that the high majors are going after teams. It's changed the way that the mid-majors are going after teams. Now uh, everyone's looking at these sub-250 schools because they, because I guess Wofford found the golden ticket last year. And uh, and he, so he walked us through a lot of that stuff. You said this year, you said it's always a moving target. This year, a little bit more than most. Was there a fundamental restructuring of like how we do this job in terms of scheduling because of the net? Yes, that's a. Uh, I, I I listen to Mark. I listen to all of Hollywood's podcasts. He's one of the best podcasts out there. I appreciate um, you. Thank so you. I know I'm preaching the choir because I am talking to the people listening to it. But if I could talk to the other people, I would. But uh, real simple is back. You know, three years ago, if you play a team with a losing record and won, it hurts your RPI. I really like if you play a team that was five and twenty-five, win, lose, or draw, that was a bad game. If you played a team that was 25-5, and five, win, lose, or draw, it helped you. And if you could beat a lot of teams that had 20 wins on their schedule, good wins, bad wins, didn't matter, just wins, it was good for your overall RPI. Can I hit timeout for a second? I remember there was a year, I think, you guys were supposed to play Kentucky. It didn't work out that year. I think you ended up playing, and you were going to play another team in a tournament. That didn't work out. You ended up getting Maine, I think. You trounced them. And I think if you take Maine out, you put Kentucky in, you guys are probably in the NCAA tournament that year. Yes. Uh, that's Well, uh, who knows? But that's what they say. That, yeah. um, uh, which, you know, are we a better team because we went to Kentucky and play or beat Maine by 20 or 30 or whatever? It really doesn't change anything. No, You're the same team, same team, right? But um, the numbers, obviously. Yeah. But now with the net. So if you're going to lose, 
you need to lose to a quad one on the road and it needs to be a close game. It doesn't help your net ranking at all. It just looks good on the resume. What helps your net ranking is winning in all the rankings, RPI, whatever. Winning is the number one thing. But now they keep in track of margin of victory. But it only goes up to 10. So that doesn't mean much. They also keep track of offensive and defensive efficiency that you can get on Kempom. Well, that means if I blow a team out and I win 100 to 20, my offensive efficiency for that game is off the charts. My defensive efficiency is off the charts. So if I win five games 100 to 20, and then I play five more games in the game 70 to 70, and it's give or take, my overall offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, is going to be extremely high. And that's just the way it works. If you look at just non-conference games for, let's say, the ACC, and you look at Virginia, they're going to be plus 40 in the non-conference. Now, I'm picking the, one of the best teams in the country yeah, 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 consistently. Yeah, yeah. And they do an unbelievable, and they deserve everything they get. Um, but then you look in league, and it's only plus 10. But overall, now they're plus 25 efficiency. Well, that non-conference helped them out a lot. And so um, that's the key for our league is we want everybody to get in the league with, with a lot of wins and with a good efficiency on both offense and, de- and defense and defensive efficiency. How you do that? Play games at home, you know, and you can't play more games at home unless you spend money. And that's just the reality of it. Um, and we're getting there. And uh, and Mark and the administration, we all know what we got to do, and we're going to do it. I've got a, a bunch of questions about the schedule. Um, you know, I think one of the bigger gripes is there's only four home games, only three Division One home games, and none of them on Friday and Saturday night. Rather than trying to look at all of these big picture, I guess I kind of want to go game by game if we can, and we'll kind of see how this goes. We haven't, I haven't really, you know, I, I didn't give you a list of questions ahead of time. We don't do that, but I guess I want, I want to go from the jump. I want to give you a game, and if there's anything you can tell me about how did this show up on the schedule, how does it show up on that day or time or anything like that, uh, I think this would be kind of a fun exercise. So you start. Well, can with, I, let me chime in. Um, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a little math. Just assist. This is high-level math I'm going to talk about here. Okay. We scheduled 13 non-conference games. Four of them are part of a tournament. That leaves nine games. If we do all home-and-homes, that means we play, at most, five home games. Or four. So we'd alternate between four and five every year. So we just do normal math. That's what it works out to be. So when people say, you only have four non-conference games. Well, the only way you get more than four or five is... You do what you you're able to do is you you have to use money to get teams to come to your place where you don't have to return it. So simple math, everyone should be playing four or five non-conference home games. Okay. That's just simple math. And if they're playing more, then they invested it in. And we we have plans for the future to be able to invest and not cost as much as other schools do it, so we can get more than four home games to get to five and six. Um, and Mark's been great and the administration's been great and we're going to get there but we have to be creative in how we're going to do it so it benefits not only the, the basketball program but the school and so I just wanted to give a little math um, thing my, my first major in college was math and that's some <laughs> high level math right there I think it's a good jump off point because I do think you you just spelled out maybe how I mean what the number is because I, I guess I wanted to ask you what for you would be an ideal number of home games. You look at a Syracuse, they never go on the road. They look at, you know, 
Purdue is bringing in a ton of teams like a Chicago State or a Presbyterian and stuff like that. They never really have to go on the road. Now they also know they're going to get, you know, they're going to go on the road a lot in conference, which you are too. You're going to get nine conference home games, nine conference away games. But is there a number of what you shoot for in terms of how many home games you want to have each year? I would love to get six. Yeah. I mean, if out of those 13, if six could be home games, um, that would be ideal. Um, and, and Mark agrees, and, and Coach Lodick agrees, and, and that would be the ideal number. Um, then we can have some good home road games. Uh, we go play some tough teams, um, challenge ourselves, but then we give our guys enough time. And another thing is, with this schedule, the more home games you got, we can be in the class more often. But if if we if we don't have, if, if we have to go on the road, our guys are going to miss class, and we don't want to do it. That's everybody's like, why do you play all these games, road games in December? Well. Classes end on December 8th, and we got finals. If we play three games after that, no one misses class. Now, other schools, they might not worry about that, but we, that's a big concern for us. We don't want them to miss any more class than they have to. So that's another benefit of, of being able to buy home games is guys miss less class. And it all goes back to, you know, you know the, what you can do and the more you benefit. Teams, some teams have to get bought 10 times, and they wonder why those teams have APR issues. Well, they, they missed the whole first in November and December. Yeah. I mean, I Texas mean, Southern, a team you played in the NIT a couple of years ago, goes on the road for all the entire November mm-hmm. and December. Right? Yep. And and, and and then it's tough for those guys in class. And so, uh, but they they are doing, they're oh, making money for the university. And so, um, you just, you got to look at those things. I want to start with the Cedarville exhibition you played on October 19th. Feels earlier than any exhibition game I can remember Valpo playing before. It just feel, October 19th just feels like a really early early time uh am i wrong in that or is it is it normal i guess I, november 5th i guess feels a little earlier too but october 19th just felt like it's really early I, i'm i'm used to like a november 1st exhibition and a november 7th opener or something yeah um but then you only got four or five games to fix what you're not very good at right okay, yeah. and so my thought and we've done it earlier uh, or or close to the start of the season is like why not play in October 19th? Why not play a couple games in August in Canada too? And then we actually, now we have two weeks to fix or get better at what we're doing. So uh, that was the main reason we did that. And then we, we, we do have a close scrimmage that we can't talk about uh, in between that and the regular season. So um, that was how the timing worked. Um, but I, I think it makes 100% perfect sense to do it two weeks before the first game as opposed to four days um, because – the first game, you want to prepare for the first game. Why not play the exhibition a week or two weeks before, and then you can learn from that, get better as a team, practice what you what you need to get better at. Maybe, maybe it's something you thought was going to work great for your season. You play an exhibition, and it looks terrible, and you got scrap it, you know, um, and that's co- coaching. And so I, I think the timing is great for the Cedarville uh, game. So I want to ask, I know you can't talk about the secret scrimmage. Um, secret. <laughs> I think that's the term that yeah. we use in the media, the secret scrimmage. You know, you can't. But I, I got to, and I say this, I literally have no idea who you're secret scrimmaging this year. So I'm not trying to throw a veiled shot at anybody. Um, but I know you have, like, I think you've done some mid-major schools in the past. Why don't. You try to why, why don't you guys play each other during the regular season? You know, so like I, I get like Vanderbilt and Baylor. We can talk about the Drews here for a second. They did a little secret scrimmage with each other, and God, I would love it if they would play each other in a game that fans could go to, right? But mm-hmm. um, 
I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys did Northwestern before. I, again, I don't know if you can talk about this. You did Northwestern before. I know you played them some. Buffalo, I think, was another one at some point. These feel like games that would be awesome to play in person. Like oh, yeah. in, in, with fans, but I don't there... know what you're talking about. Okay. Secret, secret. secret. No. Okay, um, it's real simple. You get to play two games before you start the season, so you either do two exhibition games, which you know we get teams like Cedarville and some of the other, like Hillsdale and U of Indy, and we play some really good exhibition D two teams, um, Grand Canyon. I mean, not Grand Canyon, Grand Valley. I mean, yeah. we play some really good, high quality D twos that are close, um, that are well for us, and we might play two of those in the future. Um, but the we get to two opportunities, so one of them why not play a Division One team and mm-hmm. and see where you stack up against Division One athletes and talent, and do it with a regional team. And sometimes that works out. In a, we also played Buffalo in the regular season at one point. We also played Northwestern regular. We did all these regular season games, um, but it's just it's, it's just what's worked out. So okay. um, I'd like the Chicago Bulls to play us. <laughs> in a uh, secret scrimmage, uh, the best team we can possibly play to see where we really stack up. But um, they're busy at that time of year. So, so you start with Toledo, um, NIT team from a year ago, home opener. I imagine you go to Toledo next year. You got it. So how does how, I mean it? Th- these are the kind of games to me with Toledo, which come to, to Eastern and Central later on, um, Michigan. These are the games that make sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. but. Good mid-major team against a good mid-major team. Is it hard to get everyone to buy in to those sorts of games? Uh, some coaches are great. Uh, Coach uh, Todd at, at Toledo is great. He, he'll schedule guys. Um, Came from Green Bay. Went yeah, to Toledo no, we, we have a long – I've known him for a long – my whole time in the business, I've been coaching against him, it seems like. And so um, when we, we joined the Rising League, he was in Green Bay. So he welcomed us. Um, and so – uh, I, I think the series is great. Toledo's not too far away. It's a good school. Um, they were, you know, top. You know, they were better than Vanderbilt and George Washington, bar none. I mean, their RPI last year or net ranking was so much higher than both those teams. It's not even close. Actually, all three teams, uh, and Central Michigan is too. Um, but we'll get to that one. But it's just, it's a good game. Um, and, yeah, we like to play. Uh, some of those games, but once again, we're trying to play more home games than road games too, uh-huh. and so we got to find a way to do that. And um, we're not going to be able to get Toledo to just come Valpo, just to come to Valpo. So when you start a series with a school like Toledo, and I guess maybe a George Washington last year, how does the conversation go of who go who cuts to travel first? Yeah, just whatever works out. I mean, if I only got three home games, I need another one. That's why Central's coming to our place. They, they were able to buy a couple games, and so they had more home games so they could come on the road. Um, we, were trying to, we were trying to make it a little bit different type of game um, if we could have, but they came up, and it was just, it's just a good game. Um, uh, Keno's a great coach, great guy, and they play a exciting style, so we just jumped on it. Um, it's, it's a challenge. I mean, you, you, you kind of want some games that aren't as challenging, but we kind of, why not? Why not play the best? I know Coach Lodic ain't going to dodge anybody. Um, I have the same attitude. Coach uh, Coach Mark LaBarber has the same attitude. So, <laughs> um, And that's kind of how that worked out. But um, you just talk talk it out and figure out what works best. And then you post. Uh, you let everybody know I need I, I can start on the road a couple games and see who, who bites. St. Louis, you're going to St. Louis. First of all, 
I imagine you like going to the city that your conference tournament's going to be in, so you can get used to maybe that travel or clock or anything there. Um, you've played them before some. You've had, I think you had maybe a home-and-home home that you had with them at some point. I know they came here with a heartbreaking uh, kind of buzzer beater there at the end. Um, but how does a game uh, against St. Louis come about? There's some thought that maybe this one was a, a late addition after some of the other games changed. Um. Uh, we, we've known about St. Louis a little longer than most people think. Okay. Um, uh, St. Louis, uh, know them guys well. They do a good job. They just make a great run last year into the NCAA tournament. Um, yes, home and homes are what we're going to try to do with St. Louis normally. But we need we we needed to get uh, a guarantee game. And uh, location, drive, uh, date, it all worked. And it is in a location that we're trying to recruit, we're trying to be good at. Um, and St. Louis is a great city and uh, like those guys. So, um, you know, Coach Ford does a great job at St. Louis. So that's, that's how it came, up, came about. And there was, there was some other options uh, to, to try to play on that date. Um, that just made the most sense to us, especially with the game that we have after it. And so the next one is SIUE, and you've done a home-and-home home with them before, and is this another part of that? Um, yeah, it, once again, they're five hours away. Uh, they're in St. Louis. We're trying to recruit that area. We have a player, a freshman, that knows us because we've been down there. It helps us. And the closest school to Alton High School is Edwardsville. So why not go back? And why not play St. Louis and Edwardsville on the same trip so we miss the least amount of class and spend the least amount of money to travel? This next one here is, uh, is I, I imagine when we're talking about you want to build out and go get some teams to come in here, maybe buy some teams. You've got North Dakota that shows up on the schedule. Uh, first time since 1966 that Valpo's going to play North Dakota. How does a game like that come about? Because we'd never really see those schools show up on the schedule before, any of the Dakotas or anything like that. Um, well, back in the 60s you did. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yes. Uh, you know, um, we just needed a game on that date, and they were able to – be able to go on the road that date. Uh, that's a good program. I mean, it's a it, a program that's had some success. Um, they have a coaching change this year. Uh, the coach they got coming in is uh, has won a ton of games at the Division Two level. Uh, coach Bowen knows them pretty well, uh, and they just needed a game that day, and we could we could fill it, and uh, and so we were able to work together on that, and uh, really thankful for them. They really, I mean, they helped us a ton because. Uh, we're having a tough time filling that date. North Dakota is a team that was willing to do it. We asked a lot of teams that could easily bus here that were very close, and they wouldn't do it. So I really appreciate uh, the coaching staff in North Dakota for coming. So let me let me ask you this because you've said this, you've used this terminology a couple times where you've said we needed a game for that date. You said it about November 9th, and you're saying about November 17th. Uh, scheduling's hard, but is getting dates hard because? This is where maybe one of the criticisms of the schedule comes in. This game against North Dakota is a Sunday afternoon, smack dab middle of NFL season, when it feels like Saturday night or even Friday night games are the ones that are probably more, you know, more people come out to those. The weekend and night games feels like that's a bigger draw than a Sunday afternoon game, particularly when you're scheduling fighting up against the NFL. Um, is, is what is the difficulty there in trying to find you know North Dakota coming in on a Saturday night as opposed to a Sunday afternoon? North Dakota plays on the fifteenth. Okay, and I'm going to do back to back. 
Um, so that's how it worked out. We needed a game that weekend. And if you look at our schedule, we tried not to play any games. It's a little different when we go to North Carolina. But we tried to have uh, two days in between every game. Um, very which is similar. what you have in the conference. Yeah, which is very similar to the conference. No longer in the Horizon League you would play Thursday, Saturday. Now you're typically playing Tuesday or Wednesday and then Saturday or Sunday. So you're 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 conditioning yourselves for that? That's I mean that well and, and you can prepare for a game better that way. Now, yes, yeah, Saturday would have been great on that day. But we, we couldn't it couldn't work out. And we were offering up the fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth, see who would show up and they showed up. Um, and then we couldn't go any later because we wanted to get ready for the Paradise Jam. Uh, we played Grand Canyon in the first game. And so uh, we have to leave pretty early because it's really hard to get down there. Um, and there's a lot in past years, there's been teams that missed, hadn't been able to get their last flight and had to stay at the airport in Atlanta or Miami. I think Miami is the airport that you stay at for an extra night because it just flights in the Par- into the Virgin Islands are sometimes tough. So um, that's it. It got on a sa- uh, Sunday. Uh, we would love to play Saturday games as much as possible, um, but there's only one Saturday in the week. That's, that so. is fair. So the MTEs, I, I imagine you guys get your names on a list somewhere. Do you pick the Paradise Jam? The Paradise Jam pick you? How do you, how does that? How did year in and year out you kind of you get all sorts? You've returned to like you've done the Las Vegas tournaments a couple times. Like, how does it work? Well, with Coach Drew, Homer Drew. We went as south and as warm as possible, and we found the tournament that would have us. Uh, coach loved the warm weather, so we wore in the Paradise Jam a while back, and Coach Drew was the head coach there. Uh, it's ran by Basketball Travels. Uh, Nell Harkinson's the uh, president or the whoever. He's in charge of that, and he's an awesome human. And uh, he reached out to us a few years ago, and that's where you'll see us and Illinois State both in this. We signed up for this tournament, much like your football analogy, three, four years ago. Uh, we thought it was a great opportunity. Um, we signed it before we even knew we were coming to the valley, and so that's normally you can't, you wouldn't, you you're not allowed to do it with uh, a like opponent uh, mm-hmm. from your conference. But that's why that happened. Um, they picked us, but we picked them too. And it's just everybody trying to work together to, to make the best events that fit each school school's needs. Um, now the Paradise Jam are they the ones who that comes up with the schedule and says okay you're going to play Grand Canyon are you able to say we let's please let's not be on the same side of the bracket as Illinois State if we can avoid it because we're already going to play them a couple of times? Um, normally you don't have a lot to say in it. You can tell them anything you want, but you sign a contract um, for the dates, and the organizer will tell you, hey, I'm trying to get teams like this. Sometimes they don't get the teams they want, and they have to go a different route. I mean, and same thing with our schedule. Sometimes we have an SEC school coming in, and they just don't think they'd rather go to Richmond for a home and home. You know, who knows? Um, but uh, it was it was Illinois State was going to be on the other side of the bracket. Give us the least amount, least chance to play them in the Paradise Jam. That's just because we're in the same league. Other than that, they 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 put it a different way. Sometimes they say, "Hey, according to the net ranking, we're going to rank the team or mm-hmm. whatever it is." Um, the Paradise Jam just said, hey, we're going to do the best we can. So um, that's how it worked out. You get another game with this. This happens quite a bit where, you know, you, you'll play, I think you did a thing down in Savannah once and you got a couple home games from that. You, you know, this happens all the time. Myrtle Beach, I think you got a couple games. This one is Trinity Christian College. You get, like, you might play on the 25th. You will play on the 25th in the final game, and then you got to fly back and then play immediately right away. Um I know there's always a knock. Why is there a non-D1 on the schedule and everything? But what, 
how does how does this game get filled in? It's part of the MTE, right? Yes, it's part of the MTA. There's a 15-day window with MTEs. You have to play a game within the 15-day window. Um, and so, and the MTE gives you that window. Um, and we could have played it before it, but we once again, we wanted it to be the games to be spaced out properly. And uh, Jason Hawkins, um, Valpo alum, good friend, uh, worked with me. I coached him, worked with him. Um, he is now the head coach at Trinity Christian. And when he was, when he got the job, I said, we'll play it. And we we're going to play it. We we're going to play 191 this year. And it was going to have to be part of the Paradise Jam. And that's the date that worked. Um, and so uh, we could either not play them if no one wants to play the night and just not have that game at all. Or we can have the, the 31st game and have another opportunity for everybody to see the guys and uh, opportunity for guys to experience college basketball for a game night again. And that's what we did. And Jason is one of my best friends and one of the best people out there. So that's why we're playing on the uh, Trinity Christian. Eastern Michigan is uh, another road game that you've got up there. Um, I, is This feels like, maybe I'm wrong, this feels like the beginning of a home-and-home, home, or is this uh, yeah. a one-off? Uh, okay. No, home-and-home. Home. Um, Eastern's a, a, a good max school. Uh, they play a little different style, um, which is they have trouble getting games. Uh, their head coach is, was an assistant at Syracuse. So he plays the same type zone and, um, and does the same type deal. Uh, Kevin, um, Mondro was the head coach at, uh, Detroit interim head coach. Uh, got to know him really well. He's an assistant there. does our scheduling and we both needed games and, uh, it just worked out that, you know, once again, timing dates, we're trying to, we go, yeah, let's try to play a game in this two window, these two days, play a game this couple days, this couple days. And it worked out. And at the time we scheduled that, we had Vanderbilt coming to Valpo. We had George Washington coming to Valpo. Let's, let's get some good road series that can come back to Valpo. Um, and let's get a few of them so that next year we can have two, three guaranteed home games. Um, now we made that buyout clause a little bit higher than we used to in the past. We thought it was just like a gentleman's deal and the buyout clause wasn't as much, but um, this year t- taught us a little bit of lesson on that. So, We talked about Central Michigan already. Uh, a game that really pops up here that I like is going to Charlotte, just because I have, from when I was a student at Valpo, a really good uh, memory of going to Charlotte and, uh, and, and seeing Valpo get a win there in an arena that's really hard to go in and play. They just have an excellent home court advantage there. Um, you've played Charlotte a handful of times. Last time was about 14 years ago. How do they get back on the schedule? And I think Charlotte's a great series. Um, uh, they, uh, they, they're just, it's a great school and a great conference. And they've had a coaching change. Um, they do have a Virginia assistant is now the head coach and he does a tremendous job. This is year two. They're going to make a big jump in, um, in wins and how they play. And one of their assistants, a good friend with, and Charlotte is right down the street from High Point. Yep. So when we knew we were going back to High Point, who can we play that's close to High Point at their place so our guys don't miss as much class and we don't spend as much money on travel? Charlotte said we can play. High Point said we can play on dates that work. And that's how we have this road, road series. Very good, and then uh, so we've, we've touched high point there. Um, now the 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 really the the sexiest matchup I think of probably the non conference the road game at Arkansas uh, in North Little Rock. So not in Bud Walton Arena. Um, how does a game against Arkansas come together, and how does it come together not in their home arena? 
Uh, they asked us if we wanted to play, and we said yes. Okay. Easy as that. that simple, simple. That. Well, we will play it on the 16th and 18th. And the 21st there is available. And the best thing about them playing in North Little Rock, which is north of Little Rock, you can get a direct flight from Charlotte to Little Rock. And uh, Fayetteville is a little bit harder to get to. And so uh, that actually worked out great because we can get there a little easier and not have as much travel to get there. So everybody's like, that, that in North Carolina is pretty far apart. It's, it's not when you look at the grand scheme of traveling. Um, and so that's why we did it. And this is once again before we scheduled uh, both this and the St. Louis game. We've had on the docket uh, well before we knew Vanderbilt was buying us out. So um, I, don't, I, I think all the games were awful sexy too. Okay, I don't think this is. I think I think the games at home are the sexiest because I know Paul Owen's going to be at the game. Thank you, thank you. So I want to go back. He's blushing right now, folks. Thank you. I want to go back to Vandy and George Washington buying you out. Vandy, I I, I said this to Mark LaBarbera. I felt like when Bryce got let go, the game lost a bit of a lure to the fans. Uh, It's still an SEC team coming into the arc, which very rarely ever happens. I'm sure that one was was a kick in the in the midsection. The George Washington buyout really blows my mind, and I know you work alongside your colleagues, co coaches, all that stuff with these people. But I mean, did that? How just how difficult was that to get a phone call from a school that ostensibly is in the same boat you're in? I'm sure it's hard for George Washington to schedule just like it's hard for Valpo to schedule. And it seems like these teams need each other to play each other. It it baffled me. You want to talk about gray hairs? It baffled me when I found out that they weren't coming. Well, maybe that's why you have more grays here. Harrison May. Because if you just don't get baffled by it? it You've seen everything. It was very shocking that they would spend money to get out of playing us. And then they bought a game on the same date that they were going to come to us. So really they spent double just to get beat by us last year. So at the end of the day, it's pretty like icing on the cake. They paid us some money. Um, you beat them last year. And we beat them. So we went on there. We went down there, beat them for some money. What's wrong with that? You know? <laughs> and so at that, that's what happened. You know? But um, I would have loved to play them. I mean, the reason we played them, and I don't think the new coaching staff realizes, we played them in the NIT finals. We went to their place. It was one of the best attended games. They came back here. Everybody thought it was a pretty cool game, um, but when a, I think their net rating last year was two eighty, when a two eighty net rating team's buying you out, that's. But trust me, it's going to cost teams a little bit more in the future because we learned a lesson on that um, to buy us out. So, uh, but it, it is what they got to do. What's best for them? I have no ill will towards them. That's what they thought was best. Uh, and we got Central Michigan, which is is a, a better team at home, so it, it worked out just fine. I want to put enough in here to be a blanket statement so it doesn't feel personal I guess so maybe you can't can answer this year in and year out the first thing I look for is Notre Dame Indiana Purdue or Butler on the schedule and year in and year out they're not there are those phone calls made every year how I mean it it feels like obviously Indiana State and Evansville were on the schedule before you were in the valley now they're there all the time uh, so playing in-state teams has been a thing that you guys have done for a long time, but it feels like those big four, they're elusive. Well, we played Purdue two years ago. I know. Okay, yeah. Gray hair. He, a little short memory there. Um, per, okay, I'll say this. Kudos to Purdue because they have played you a handful of times. So I want to give credit to them. Okay. Now I'll ask about the other three. 
Okay. I, I mean, I, I'll, I'll talk about it. I don't mind. Um, I think they all have great coaching staffs. Um, uh, Notre Dame, I was there before I came here, and I love Mike Bray to death. just hasn't worked out that we played. I mean, it's really it, – there's a conversation every year. Can we make this day work, this day work? And uh, Notre Dame is the, uh, the premier Catholic university in the universe, in, in the country. And if you look at their schedule, the smaller Catholic schools are the ones they bring into their home games most of the time. I totally respect that. I think it's great. Um, we haven't got a chance to play. Um, Indiana, we actually talked this year to see if it would work out to get down and play them. It just, it just That just didn't work out. Um, we've talked to Indiana numerous times uh, about trying to play, and it, it just didn't work out. It was nothing against them. Um, and then uh, Coach Painter is awesome. I mean, he's he's came here before. Um, I'm not sure that he'll come back. But it made sense they had Robbie Hummel yeah, at Scott um, Maybe we can get him to come back with Brandon down there. I, I I don't know, but we'll definitely ask him. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to asking anybody. Um, and then uh, Butler, um, you know, I, I think because we're in the same league and they jumped two conferences, we jumped a conference. It's just it hasn't worked out um, to get on the schedule. Laval Jordan, Coach Jordan, is a tremendous human, tremendous coach. Um, they got a great AD in Barry Collier. And, uh, you know, it's just – it, it just hasn't worked out. Um, there hadn't been a lot of talk, but we do talk every year to see if it would. It's no one's dodging anybody or anything like. That. Everybody reads into this stuff like it's a big conspiracy theory. Sometimes dates and times and days just doesn't work out. Um, now we've called some other teams in a, in a radius, one from your hometown, and they won't play us. So, um, but sometimes they will. So you just keep asking, you know. And and one year a team won't play us, and one year we won't play somebody, and the next year we will. So. It's it's nothing more than that. Um, How much does your roster construction play a role? I mean, Javon Freeman Liberty is pretty good this year and will be pretty good, you know, going forward. You know, I know the year when when Vashiel was coming back, I think that was something that, like, God, if we can get all of our games on the schedule before anyone figures out this guy's coming back, you know, like, that. how much does that play a role into all of this? I don't know. I, I know looking at a team that might give us a guarantee and they're looking at the new net ranking. Um, they might not give us a guarantee if they know we have everybody coming back. And now we, we did jump on some games when we didn't have everybody coming back. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, I really don't. We, we look at games. We look at what's their roster build. Are they going to be good? All right, let's play them. Are they going to be really good? And we're going to have to travel to get there. Why don't we play somebody that we don't have to travel to get to that's still a great com- opponent? And, you know, just what makes best for that date of the schedule. And the dates have to move because you can't be so set in stone on some stuff. But it, it comes in the roster makeup. But not not a ton, but it does come in effect because we want to play good games. We want to play as many home games as we can and then play good games for our team to experience uh, great experiences and have a chance to, to win some games and get ready for conference play because it's all about getting ready for conference play. Two more questions and then we'll be done here. Uh, no Horizon League teams on the schedule yet. Uh, is that something that could be visited in the future or did was it visited this year and, again, a dates thing didn't work yeah, out? No, no we're, we're going to we'll play a Horizon League team. Um, it just hadn't happened. Um, uh, we've been in talks with a couple of them already. Um, just – 
you know, it just it just hadn't happened. Once again, and go back to that math. Okay, you only got nine games you can play home and home, and you you already know we're going to St. Louis and Arkansas. Now we're down to seven. Uh, it just sometimes with math, and then we had the high point game. We're going to play Charlotte. Now we're down to five games. I mean, I'd like to play everybody our fans would like to play, but the NCAA say that is too many games on your schedule. So it's just it's simple math, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it don't. Um, we love playing Ball State. It's a great matchup. It just didn't work out this year. I mean, it just just didn't work out. Um, but it's going to be revisited because uh, I think they do a, a tremendous job. We have a lot of alums both places. Why not play them? And uh, I don't know if it'll work out next year. But we would. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of schools out there, and they're not a rising league team. They're yeah, back. But, but you know, UIC. Why not play UIC? I mean, they're right down there. I mean, we're going to talk to them, and it might work out. It might not. Um, Oakland's another team. It might work out. It might not. Detroit, Wright State. I mean, there's a lot of teams in the area that's pretty close. Milwaukee um, that we can get to, and we'll see what happens. Um, but it's, you know, it, it, it just depends on the year. Once again, there's not that many, and it's really hard to get those few games you need. And then they have five games to schedule. They might be in an MTE the dates that we need home games. And you just got to move on to the next year. So, the Valley, uh, I'd imagine, I think you guys get very little say at all in terms of when games are scheduled during conference play. Does that all come from their office and I, ESPN dictate a lot of that? Yeah, yeah. They, and the Valley does an amazing job. I mean, I'm, I, it's as good as I've ever seen. Um, they give you adequate rest, they give you um, prep time, uh, they keep you where you, you don't play four games in a row on the road or four games in a row at home. Um, so um, the guys at the Valley do a tremendous job. Doug has his whole staff just getting it done. So um, I got no complaints about how the Valley does it. Um, the Valley schedule will be out soon, and we will have, if it stays like I think it's going to be, uh, they've only we've seen some looks of it. And I think we will have quite a few home games, which uh, I mean we we'll have nine home games for sure. You know, of course, you'll have nine, and we'll road have games. nine road games. But I think we we'll have uh, quite a few Saturday home games, which is exciting. Um, I felt like we haven't had as many of those, but <laughs> trust me, ain't nobody trying to go again and make Valpo look bad. I mean, no, no one. They're trying to put together the best schedule that's as equal to one through ten as they possibly can. I think they do a great job. Very good. What? Uh... I imagine you're busy at work on the 2020-2021 schedule at this point, right? Hey, we're getting right. close now. We, As you can see, we, we started some home-and-homes on the road, and I already gave you about the math problems. <laughs> so, I mean, playing at Charlotte, playing at uh, Eastern Michigan, playing at uh, SIUE, and playing Central Michigan at home and Toledo at home, that's five games knocked out right away. So, um, and then we'll do an MTE. Um, we got an idea of what we're going to do there. Um, if the contracts are signed, I'll tell you what it is, but it's not yet. Um, so once again, we got five games plus the four for the MTE knocked out. That's and a nine. trip to Nashville next year? And a trip to Nashville. So now we're down to 10, 10 of the 13 games already accounted for. So if, and we pretty much know what we're going to do with those last three, too. So uh, we're trying to get those done. We're not going to release next year's schedule next week as <laughs> a football team might, uh, but we might be able to get done by August next year. Well, thank you very much, Valparaiso Associate Head Coach Luke Gore. I know that this is a long and arduous process that even when I think I know how hard it is, it somehow becomes a lot harder. So thank you for joining and uh, talking us through all of this. I get to coach college basketball for a living. It's not hard. It's just part of the job. And we have a fun time doing it. It's fun. 
you got to sometimes deal with some stuff, but it's I wouldn't trade what I do for anything. Thank you very much.